consequence. And then uh, the response is, I must know. And the, the response to that is, get used to disappointment. Well, I'm afraid that many Christians in today's world are no one of consequence. If, if the world asks many Christians, saved people, really saved people, they're going to go to heaven, I'm going to fellowship with them for eternity, who are you? And the answer too often in today's world is no one of consequence. Why is that? I, I think that uh, the Christian church today is weaker than it ever has been. We're being influenced by outside forces and not influenced by God's word enough. Now, this might be a little preaching to the choir because I know, I know everybody in here, right? So we, we love the Lord and we want to do the best for the Lord. But if you look at the bigger picture... Royal View Baptist Church is not going to preach to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Royal View Baptist Church isn't going to preach to New York City. We might go there and do a missionary trip, something like that. But there's Christians everywhere that are no one of consequence. And uh, it's, it's sad. So, the title of my message is, Who Are You? And uh, let's, let's dig in a little bit. So, I'm going to be in Ephesians, most, mostly Ephesians chapter 2. And we're going to go over 10 verses, if I can get through them all. It might be a little long for that, but it'll, uh, I'll wrap it up quick at the end if I'm, if I'm uh, going too long here. My son preached a couple weeks ago. He's a little bit shorter preacher than I am time-wise. A little bit taller dude than I am height-wise. So, all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to read uh, the first 10 verses. I'll pray real quick, and then we'll, we'll get right into it. Chapter 2, verse 1. And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others." But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Uh, there's so many promises in just this one passage. All of your word is applicable to us. It might not have been written directly to us, but it's all written for us. I pray tonight that I can be hid behind your word, hid behind the cross, and that all things said tonight will be for your glory. And that if, I, uh, if I'm incorrect, Lord, we know that your word is correct. So let us lean on that. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're just going to start verse, well, actually, let's start with verses 8 and 9. Anybody know a song that might go with that? If you don't know the song, all, the, all of my kids that are in my children's church class certainly know the song. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. All right, so that's, you sing it word perfect if you're going to sing it, right? That's great. And it's, it's a very simple song. Kids can grab it and understand it. 
But there's so much more in those 10 verses that actually that, that are surrounding that, those two verses. And we're going to go into that a little bit. So verse 1, and you hath he quickened, quickened, brought to life, brought alive from dead to life. There's only one true quickening in this, in this existence, and that is when we come from a dead state, a state with no relationship with the Lord, to trusting in Jesus Christ and the sacrifice that he made, and we're quickened into a life where we can have a relationship with the Lord. That's the only true quickening that, that there is. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. Now, if we, if we go to, uh, let's turn to... Let's turn to Colossians, Colossians chapter 2, just a little bit, just the next book over there, two books over, go eat popcorn, I don't know if you guys knew that one, God's own, God's uh, electric, own electric company, is that, I don't remember the, I don't remember the, uh, the phrases that helped me remember that, but uh, all right, chapter 2, verse 13. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses. So that quickening. Who are we? We're quickened. If you're saved, if you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, you've been quickened. You've been brought to life. You are, your sins are no longer applied to you because Jesus Christ has taken those and put them on the cross. But this verse even is surrounded by many verses that help us understand it better. If we go back to verse number 6, "...as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord..." So walk ye in him. So who are you? Are you walking in Christ every day? If somebody asks you, who are you? Are you no one of consequence? Or are you, you know, I'm a Christian. I know the Lord. The Lord helps me through every day. Now, you may not have an opportunity to say that to everybody you meet, but if somebody asks me who I am, I hope I'm bold enough to show them who I am in Christ, not who I am as far as the world's concerned. And verse number seven, rooted and built up in him. So rooted, uh, there's in the New Testament, Christ talks about how he's the vine. We are the branches. We don't have anything. We have nothing. We're saved through him. He's the vine. He's the only, only source of our, our nourishment in this, in this life. We're, we're just a branch. So the vine feeds us. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. All right, so... We all know Christians that uh, step away from the church or feel, well, I don't really have a church I can go to, or uh, they sometimes even go to the point where they're trying to create their own God in their own image. Uh, you know, well, God would never do that. God, God would never hurt me that way. Well, he, you're right. God would never hurt you, but there's a lesson in life. Life is, is not perfect. And to start blaming that on God, which there are Christians that do, they start to step away from the faith. They're not established in the faith. Uh, last time I preached, I preached on the foundations. Uh, Christ has to be our foundation. He's the cornerstone of our, of our building blocks. If you don't have a straight cornerstone, you're not going to build straight walls. They're not going to line up. You're going to get to the end of your walls, and then you're going to go to join your walls together here, and they're not going to meet, and you're not going to have a building. So Christ is the cornerstone. He's the foundation. But if we're not rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, we're going to stray. We're not going to be a strong witness for him. He's not going to have us as a good servant. I, I want to be a good servant to the Lord. I want to, be, I want to be immersed in what the Lord would have me immersed in instead of this world. Um, so established in the faith as ye have been taught. So if you're not in church, if you're not under a good preacher, we have an awesome pastor. Uh, you know, 
And I, I would say that if he's here, I'd say that if he wasn't here. We have an awesome pastor that brings us the word every week. And let's, uh, you know, I'm the B team, Brother Kevin's the A team. So the A team was this morning. Uh, we got to hear Brother Kevin preach. I'm preaching out of the word. You guys just listen to what God has to say. And uh, that's what our pastor allows in this church. There's some churches that, uh, I don't know if you guys know exactly how the Southern Baptist works. I used to go to a Southern Baptist church. In fact, I was saved in a Southern Baptist church. You can get saved in a Southern Baptist church. Don't get me wrong. But the Southern Baptist church, uh, they have ties to the conference, Southern Baptist conference. They'll get a letter every week. Okay, this week you should preach on this. How is that good for a congregation? Our pastor preaches on what the Lord would have him preach on. And there's different things going on in different congregations. I mean, if there's a natural disaster in an area, maybe a preacher's going to preach on something different. You know, if it's 153 degrees outside, maybe, no, I don't know. It's plenty hot for sure. But that's our path. We are blessed to have a pastor that preaches. But if we're not here, we're not going to be firm in our, in our beliefs. We're not going to be immersed in God's word. We're not going to be able to fellowship with like-minded people. And you can stray for sure. So rooted, established in the faith, being taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. If you're not thankful for being here and being taught, then that's a problem as well. We need to be thankful for, for what the Lord's providing for us. And His Word is so precious. It should be so precious to you. We should be in His Word every day, and He's going to speak to us through that. But not just that. We've got to be taught. We've got to know that our, our, everything's coming through the Lord Jesus Christ, and we also have to be established in the faith. We have to be thoroughly immersed in the faith. Verse 8, Beware lest any man spoil you. Okay, so here it comes. So if you're not established in the faith, if, you're not, if you don't know that Jesus Christ is the root, and if you're not thankful for it, and if you're not being taught, what's going to happen? Verse 8, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy in vain deceit, after the, after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Christ is complete. He, he can complete us. Now, do we have to ignore the world? Absolutely not. We're in the world. We're not going to be able to ignore it. It's, it's blasted into our face 24-7. Uh, you can't drive down the 60 without seeing a billboard that is probably offensive. All right, Whether it's pushing an alternate lifestyle or just a scantily clad woman. I mean, it's all over the world. That's the way the world is. So if we're not doing what verse 7 says, rooted in the right stuff, established in the faith, uh, being taught, and being thankful for it, you're going to open yourself up to a, uh, you're going to open yourself up to philosophy and vain deceit that is based on this world, based on the tradition of men. Verse nine: For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. That's Jesus Christ. We have to be established in Christ, and then after that, we can be ambassadors. An ambassador from our country to another country doesn't study the other country in depth as much as they make sure they know our country. Trust me. They got to know what our country stands for. Otherwise, they're not going to be a good ambassador. If they go to another country and start being exactly like that other country, what good are they to us? They're not good to us at all. An ambassador, which we are, we're ambassadors for the Lord, an ambassador has to be immersed in where they come from and believe in where they come from. I don't want somebody going to China as an ambassador and testifying that they're communist. Call me strange, but you know what? We're not a communist country. We're, we're a democracy or a representative republic, whatever you want to call it. So our ambassadors should represent us. 
So in this world, we should be representing the Lord, not this place here. And a lot of, a lot of churches represent this place. I mean, there is a, there's a church that actually closed, and I think I'm thankful for them closing. Right down the street from uh, Gospel Light, that one that had the, the adult uh, lessons, uh, Derek probably remembers it, the one by the freeway. They had the, it, was, uh, it was completely rated R stuff going on at the church, and they were advertising it. They were pushing it. And it was supposed to be biblically-based uh, counseling for marriage, couple, for marriage or couples. You know? And it was just like, what, what are you doing? Uh, there's a place for that. Uh, we have certain things, but don't. You, it was it was offensive because they were surrendering to what the world would teach. They wanted to be they wanted to be uh, relevant. That is a horrible word. If you if you come across a church that has the word relevant in it, which there are churches with the word relevant in it, they're not relevant to the Lord. That's not what they're saying, right? right? That there are churches that that have the word relevant in them. They're not saying, I am relevant to what God has to say for this world. They're saying, we are relevant for the times and the people that we're preaching to. And that is the wrong way to go about it. Uh, verse 10, and ye are complete in him, there ye are, complete, which is, in the, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. That's a spiritual circumcision. That's salvation. Uh, circumcision for the Jews was to set the Jews apart as a separate people for the Lord. So this is testifying to our sanctification, our separation from this world. We don't want to be part of this world, guys. If you're a Christian, I mean, if you want to be part of this world, I pray for you. If, you. if you're a Christian, you should not want to be part of this world. We're sanctified. We're set aside for the purpose of the Lord. In putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, where in spiritual baptism, wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And now, verse 13, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having given you all trespasses. We are quickened with Jesus Christ. Uh, one more verse, verse 14, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. That's the law. We are not under the law. We are under grace. Now, that doesn't, it's not a dispensation. We're not under the dispensation of grace. Although, I mean, there's a lot of discussion that could go on with that. But because we're saved, because we've trusted in salvation through Jesus Christ, the Son of God, we are no longer under the law. That is not, not where we are. Which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Our sins have been taken, nailed to the cross. As, as you are saved. Now, this should, ha this should implement a change. I, I'm not getting through 10 verses. It's just not going to happen. That was verse 1. All right, so we only got, we only got nine more to go, guys. All right, so <laughs> the other ones are a little faster. That one, I mean, again, foundation, right? We're quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. We were dead before. Dead. We were hell bound. As good as in hell before Jesus Christ came to this planet as a man, sacrificed himself, and when you trust in that, you are no longer dead. You're quickened to life through Jesus Christ, with Jesus Christ, and we can have a relationship with the Lord. Greatest thing you could ever tell anybody. It is the greatest story ever. Now, verses 2 and 3. Who we were. Who were we before we got saved? Uh, verse 2, we're in time past. This is uh, back in Ephesians. I'm just going to flip over there. 
All right, verse 2 and 3. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this word, world according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. That's uh, speaking of Satan uh, influencing. Notice it doesn't say that Satan makes the people do the bad things. It says the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. They're already disobedient, and the devil will come along and help it along. He'll, he'll, it's, it's not the devil's fault. If, if anybody ever says to me, oh, it's the devil's fault. No, no, no. You made the decision, and the devil provided the vehicle to get there. That's what happened. All right? You made the decision. The devil picked you up a little bit maybe and pushed you along. Say, okay, come on, do it, do it. It's, that's that's what, we're, what we were up against. Verse 3, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Before we're saved, we're, we're a slave. You know, a lot of people say, well, I can't become a Christian because it's so restricting. It's just the opposite. Before you're a Christian, you are restricted. You can do nothing good. Once you're a Christian, you can do everything your heart desires through the Lord, okay? Yes, yes. Now, our, our heart's deceitful, right? But, we're, but the Lord says he takes that heart of stone, which we have, replaces it with the heart of flesh, so he can write on it. So our desires should line up with the Lord's desires. Now, when they do, we can do everything we want. That's, that's the way it is. We're free. We're free to live for the Lord, where before we were saved, you're a slave. You're absolutely a slave to sin. All right. Romans 1.19. This is 1.19 through 24. Uh, are we a slave to the world before we get saved? Starting in verse 19. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. God has showed all mankind there is something greater than themselves. Whether it's the fact that everybody dies, Obviously, there's something greater than you if you're just going to die, right? The planet itself will last a lot longer than any human. Or whether it's the creation. The creation is so massive. Whether it's a scientist looking at DNA and figuring out, there's no way that that could have happened by accident. There's no way. It's, it's a book that is so long you can't even imagine. It's, it's so long. And that, so God speaks to people through his creation uh, it's not a salvation speaking, but they know there's something, they're bi something bigger than them. For God has showed it to them. Verse 20, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even as eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So a scientist that says there can't be a God because evolution is a fact is straight up denying God. That, that's all they're doing. They know that it's impossible, especially now. I mean, Darwin, he actually may not have known he knew God. He actually was taught, uh, taught Christianity. But Darwin thought a cell was just a little blob with some fluid in it. He didn't know what was inside of it. And in fact, he said if it was very complex inside of there, evolution could never happen. Re I mean, read his writings. And then when, they, when we start to prove there's things that work inside the cell, there's machines. There's little, little curly cue machines that, that run around the cells and take things places. There's uh, super expressways inside of some cells where certain cells get on this, this, this train track, pretty much, and go from one side of the cell to the other real quick. And or Darwin couldn't imagine that. In fact, I think if Darwin knew everything they knew today, 
he'd be like, wow, okay, so <laughs> we got to rethink this. Uh, this, okay, so I mean, yeah, you know, some beaks are longer than other beaks. Yeah, go go figure. Yeah. You know, it's uh, there, there's taller people in the world too, right? There's there's uh, people in Denmark are much taller than people in uh, sub-Saharan Africa, but there's differences amongst people. But scientists have to deny creation, deny that there's something bigger, to uh, to believe what they say they believe. Verse 21, because that when they when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Who is that? That's everybody before you're saved. Everyone, even a little child, worships their own body. A, a small child that isn't saved, and small child, children that are saved and learning, they will do what's best for them. There's a cookie on the table. You're told not to touch the cookie. You're hungry. You're going to eat the cookie. That's Now, you, you blow that up to an adult, and... There's something you're not supposed to look at, but it makes you feel good to look at it. You're going to go look at it, and you're a slave to that. You're not going to be. You first of all, they're going to say to themselves, "There's nothing wrong with this," because they made themselves their own god. They put themselves before everything, and that is what. That's where everybody is that isn't saved. And sometimes when we approach somebody, you know, if somebody does say, "Who are you?" and uh, and we say we're a Christian, it's going to be a hard stop right there, right? Because they're like, oh, pff, Christian, whatever, man. I, I, I got everything I need, and that's it. But we still need to be bold with that. But uh, certain people you're going to have to treat with a, uh, different, different ways, right? But that's where we, we all were before we were saved. We served ourselves. We had our own gods ourselves. And that was the original sin, right? Uh, Adam, Adam and Eve, Eve was told, hey, you'll be just like God. You don't eat this, you'll be just like a first sin, out of the box was, I'm going to be like God. And that is still the sin today. I mean, the, the Mormon religion will tell you, you get to become a God if you're good enough, I guess, or have enough wives or something. But uh, you get to become a God. So the sin's still there. And even though uh, you could talk to people on the street, an athe- say an atheist, you talk to an atheist on the street, and you say, well, you're just creating your own God. They'll say, well, I don't even believe in a God. I'm going to live, and then I'm going to die, and then I'm going to cease to exist. They're still making themselves their own God. They're putting themselves above everything. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's where we all were at one point. But we can get past that, and we have if you're saved. All right. So, verses 4 through 6. That was who we were. Now, who we are. Verse number 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his Great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Time works weird for God. We all kind of know that, I guess. Uh, we're already in heavenly places. Uh, to in God's in God's mind, if you're saved, you're already sitting in heaven. It's it's a great thing. That's what can make us such strong ambassadors for the Lord here in this place. Uh, if we if we Grab hold of that and really, really understand that we're not here 
in God's mind, we're with him in God's mind, we're, time is a, a different thing for him, then what are we doing here in this lineal timeline, linear timeline? We need to be everything God would have us be. Now, we'll fall short, but that's not the point. The point is we need to be everything God has us, wants us to be. It doesn't matter if we fall short. We still need to be everything that God wants us to be here. And that could be, that could be life-changing for some people. Well, what, you mean, uh, you mean I can no longer work at the casino? Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, no longer work at the casino. That's a good start. You know, find a regular job. Don't go to the casino and support people in their gambling habits. I'm, you know, just, I, I could never work at a casino. I could never, I could never work anywhere at a casino. Just not, not in me because I, I, that's a damaging thing in this world. So when we start living for the Lord, it can be a little painful sometimes, but it can also be life-changing. But more importantly, we're following what God's Word says. And that's, that's the most important thing. And if we're already, it says, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's present tense. If we're sitting with the Lord, but we're doing things down here that displease the Lord, that's not compatible. It's going to there's going to it's going to lead to chastisement. It's going to lead to uh, misery. It's going to lead to unhappiness, depression. Uh, you can't be two-faced. You can't have uh, one life on Monday through Saturday. I know I know this is a weird crowd to talk about this too, but Monday through Saturday you're one thing, Sunday morning you're something else, Sunday afternoon you're cursing at the football game. You know, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to eat you up if you're saved. Okay, and there are saved people that, that try that for a while, and they get chastised, they become miserable. It's not a good thing. So we need to think about that. That's who we are. We are already in heavenly places with the Lord, and we were dead in sins, but he's quickened us together with Christ. We're brought to life with Jesus Christ. All right, Romans 7, 4. So do we have verses in the Bible that tell us, yeah, you know what? You are dead to sin. Uh, yeah, actually we do. So Romans 7, 4. And this is all through the Lord's power. It's not something we can, we can just say, well, I'm going to do this on my own. It has to be with the Lord's help. But Romans 7, 4. Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. The law doesn't apply to us. That ye should be married to another. And this is, if you read Romans 7, it's, it's comparing it to a marriage to a person, uh, our old self. We can't be married to him and married to the Lord at the same time. So our old self is dead, has died in the, in the story at the beginning of Romans chapter, chapter 7. Uh, should be married to another, even to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. Verse 5, for when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins, which were by the law, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. So before we were saved, our fruit was, was rotten. But now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. So now we're capable of serving. This is where, where we, we are no longer subject to the sin. We're no longer a slave to the sin, but we can serve the Lord through him, through Jesus Christ and, and the power. So we're no, longer, we're no longer a slave here. Now we're set free to do the Lord's will. And it's, it's a wonderful thing. So that's who we are. Who are we? We're saved. We're no longer subject to sin. We can serve the Lord. We can love the Lord. There are failings in everybody's life. We're human. We're still subject to our flesh. But the Bible does say that we can overcome that through 
through the Lord's power. We can overcome our, our flaws. All right, so who will we be? Verse 7. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. All right, so what ages to come? Uh, Revelation 21.5. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write for, the, write for these words, write, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. That's who we will be. We're going to be forever in the presence of the Lord, and he will be our God, and we will be his son. Forever. And it'll never get old. I know people are like, well, that would be boring. God is infinite. We are finite. There is no end to God. We will be able to dive into the riches of the Lord forever and never reach the bottom. That is how deep the Lord is. It never ends. And there will always be something interesting, trust me. And it, it'll, it'll be forever. It's, it's wonderful. That's who we're going to be. Now, how did it happen? Our little song. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. We didn't do it. It is the gift of God. Now, what's the gift? Uh, the gift is salvation. The gift isn't grace. All right? Uh, it's just not. The gift is salvation through faith. Um, grace is, is for grace, for by grace are you saved through faith. Have faith. God will give us the grace and save us. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, you're not going to work your way to heaven for sure. Now, the conclusion of the matter Yes, almost, almost got it in quick here, guys. Uh, verse 10, for we are his workmanship. Uh, does anybody feel like we're, you got the perfect sculpted body and God's, no, I don't think so. I'm about probably 25 pounds overweight and incredibly out of shape and got broken ankles and stuff like that. That's not the workmanship it's talking about. That Greek word actually is his, it, it's, it has the impression of his creation, his making. Okay, not, not creation as in like from nothing, but his, his handiwork. That's, right. That's what it is. It's his, it's his hand. We are his handiwork. We're molded by God's own hands. That's the heart he puts in us and he can write on it and he can, he can mold it and shape us into the image of his son more and more every day. And if he's doing that, we probably should bend to it. I mean, as Christians, we need to bend to that. Uh, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We are created unto good works. If we're not doing good works, we're not being a faithful servant, for sure. Which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. All saved people, anybody that has trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior, and before Jesus, those that trusted the Lord to provide a way of salvation, uh, Abraham and, and everybody before Jesus Christ came and died, those are preordained to walk in the steps that God would have you walk in. Now, we can do it. We can do it through God. Can't do it through ourselves. I already said works wasn't going to work. That wasn't going to do it. We can do it through God. I'm going to leave you with a few verses and uh, hopefully give you something to think about. Give me something to think about, studying it out for sure. Uh, Ecclesiastes, uh, one of my favorite books of the Bible. If you haven't read Ecclesiastes lately, oh, just dive into it. Uh, there's, uh, the first four verses of chapter 7 are going to be read at my funeral. Because a, the, the day of a man's death is more valuable than the day of a man's birth. Because it can change the hearts of people that come and see him. 
When that's, that's an amazing thing in Ecclesiastes. And this is coming from a king that has everything, everything he ever wanted. Every heart's desire of the time, he had it. And he's like, you know what? When I die, that's a more important day than any other day because it can touch a person's heart. But anyway, that's not what I'm reading. I'm reading chapter 12. Uh, conclusion of the matter, right? So chapter 12, verse 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. It's a simple thing. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. The whole duty of man is to keep God's commandments and to fear him. Now, it doesn't mean that we hide in a corner fearing. It means that we know the Lord is who the Lord is. You can, you can fear something for its position. The Lord has the ultimate position. He is, he is the ultimate. And we need to be respectful of that, that kind of fear. Romans 12.1, we should be familiar with this, and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Let me make sure I get it right. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. But then verse 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? It's there. It's for us to grab and hold and cherish and be thankful for. We need to be thankful for it. We need to be under a good preacher, which we have here. We need to be faith. We need to be established in the faith. All these things can keep us away from the world, keep us away from backsliding, if you want to call it backsliding. And we need to be, we certainly need to be in that. And then what can happen? Acts 17, 6. Uh, the people were complaining about the disciples going into the town and causing a ruckus. So they hunted down Jason, who was hosting uh, Paul at the time, drug him out to the city, el city elders and said, these that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. Have we turned the world upside down? Uh, it's hard to say. There's not a lot of Christians turning the world upside down now. It's just, it's just not happening. I mean, are we going to, like, get behind I don't, Billy Graham's son or something? I mean, he seems a little, little, little weak, right? I mean, Billy Graham was a little weak. You know, God bless his soul. He's, he was saved, I guarantee it. But, or well, I can't guarantee it, but I believe Billy Graham was saved. But did he really turn the world upside down, or was he uh, not in the last 40 years, right? The world, the world is... is I think the world's wrapping up pretty quick. I think, I think God's going to come back. Jesus Christ's going to come back and, and take us uh, sooner than later. But while we're here, let's be the best ambassadors we can be. And remember, an ambassador is immersed in the beliefs of where they come from, not where they're living. They're here to affect where they're living, and that's us. That's us as Christians. We need to be the best ambassadors we can be. And if, uh, you know, if you need help with that. We have a great pastor. We have great deacons. I mean, I love you guys. You guys have been great. And we have a good congregation, good fellowship. And that we need to springboard off of that so that we can be a, a people that turns this world upside down. Uh, it can start anywhere. And if God uses this church for that, that would be a, an amazing thing. Uh, pray, you know, pray, get in the word, get, get immersed, get established in the faith.